And welcome to another episode of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Glad to be with you today on this Friday, June 2nd, 3.05 p.m. here at Harvest Family Radio, KHMG, 88.1 FM. Having a good show today. Getting off to a little bit of a slow start without my good buddy, Chris Harper, here. But I know that uh, he misses us, and he is with us in spirit. Glad to have you with us today. Live Till 5 is our weekly live local talk and variety program here on KHMG 88.1 FM, broadcasting high atop the campus of Harvest Ministries. From the worldwide headquarters of Harvest Family Radio, 88.1 FM. KHMG. This is episode 200. Let me get this right. 218. 218 on this Friday, June 2nd. We've been doing the show a long time. 218 episodes. That's 218 Fridays at two hours apiece, except for the first few episodes that were only 90 minutes. We've had this program on Friday afternoons for over four years, almost four and a half years now, and enjoyed every single one of them. Rain or shine, storms, sickness, lack of content, nothing gets in the way of being able to have our program here with you called Live Till 5. So very glad that you could be with us today. Now, as we look at today, it is June 2nd. If you ever miss the show, you can always tune in on Saturdays, noon to 2, or Sundays, 7 to 9 p.m. So catch us on the rebound, Saturdays, noon to 2, or Sundays, 7 to 9 p.m., where you can listen to the show in its entirety. You can also download the podcast by going to KHMG 88.1 FM and listen on the radio, you can go to, I'm sorry, khmg.org for our website and listen to the podcast. Sorry, lost track there for just one second. Trying to multitask. You know what? It's probably just proof that uh, I'm not a very good multitasker at all. And when you're on the air, it's really hard to multitask. So this is what we're going to do. We're going to take a short programming break so that I can work on a few technical things here. And then when we come back, we're going to have... This day in history, we're going to have a little what's in my coffee, although it's not going to be actually coffee, but we're going to have a little 
uh, taste test today. Sebastian will be with us. Lawrence will be with us. I have a special guest, Dennis Kirkland, come by to talk about the big event at Harvest Baptist Church Sunday night and really a big event for the whole line of Guam this weekend with Ravi Zacharias coming to Guam. So stick around. More Live Till 5 after this short break. with a little more live till five figured out my technical problem just one little button hard to believe that one tiny little button could totally make it to where you can't hear yourself while you're talking on the radio i could see my little waveform on our computer screen here but i couldn't hear my voice very well so you know don't let that stop me we're gonna keep persisting here and now we are up and rolling welcome to live till five 3 to 5 p.m. every Friday afternoon. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, here on KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio. Again, I want to encourage you to go to khmg.org. You can download the podcasts for our show, not just this show, but previous shows, and all the other locally produced programs that we make here on Harvest Family Radio, including Building Great Leaders, Take Note, Harvest Time, uh, a bunch of other programs, Living Redemptively, uh, some other really good things that I think you'll enjoy if you like good Christian programming, good Bible-based preaching programs and uh, discipleship-type programs. You should go to khmg.org and check out our library of locally produced programs. And you can also listen to a live stream through our website, khmg.org. And if you're sitting at your computer and you don't have a radio, most people don't, Uh, You can just listen to our radio station through your computer. We'd love to have you do that. You can also download different apps through there where you can listen through your smartphone or your tablet. And it doesn't matter what kind of smartphone you have or what kind of tablet you have, there's probably a way for you to listen to the radio through that if you have Wi-Fi access or a data plan or something like that. So we love just having you with us today. So glad you're with us again. We've been doing this for 218 previous episodes. Now it is the month of June, just barely, just barely the month of June. But in this month, we do have National Donut Day is today. Did you know that? Yeah, according to this calendar I have here, National Donut Day. Sunday's Pentecost. Monday, the 5th, will be World Environment Day. Next week on the 8th, next Thursday, National Best Friend Day and World Oceans Day, just to name a few. So a lot of cool things happening in the month of June. A lot of observances. I know uh, my birthday is in the month of June. How many of you have a birthday or an anniversary in the month of June? Yeah, yeah, me too. And uh, yeah, I'll be 45 years old in the month of June. And uh, June 26th to be specific. So we'll be very, 
Matter of fact, let's see. Yeah, that's not going to be on our broadcast day, but very uh, happy to have had 45 great years under the belt and looking forward to having many more ahead, Lord willing. So, and uh, to mention only those things would kind of be to glaze over the month a little too much. Here, Here is the month of June as a whole. The month of June is memorialized as Adopt-A-Cat Month, Adopt-A-Shelter-Cat Month, and not just any old cat, but a shelter cat, African-American Music Appreciation Month, Alzheimer's and Brain Awareness Month, Aquarium Month, Audiobook Appreciation, Black Music, Cancer from the Sun Month, Caribbean American Heritage, Cataract Awareness, Child Vision Awareness, Children's Awareness, Corn Month, Country Cooking, Cucumber Month, Dairy Alternatives, Dairy Month, so Dairy Alternatives and Dairy Month are both in the same month, Effective Communication, Disaster Preparedness, Entrepreneurs Do-It-Yourself Marketing Month, and uh, Fireworks Safety Month, all the way from June all the way through July. Those are all things that are happening in the month of June, but that's not all. June also has special weeks, including the Black Single Parents Week starts on June 4th. Canadian Environment Week also starts on June 4th. And Mountaintop Removal Week, June 4th through the 10th. Uh, Let's see here. June 1st through the 4th, we're right in the middle of the Great American Brass Band Weekend, or week, really. It's a four-day event. Milk Week is ending this weekend as well. Um, National Business Etiquette Week is the 4th through the 10th, as well as National Commuter Challenge, the 4th through the 10th. We're right in the middle of National CPR and AED Awareness Week, June 1st through the 7th. National Garden Week is the 4th through the 11th. And uh, just a number of other neat little observances, and uh, I'm sure you might have your own personal ones. Yesterday was Atlantic Hurricane Season Start, so... The 1st of June is the beginning of the Atlantic hurricane season. Also, Dare Day, Flip a Coin Day, Global Day of Parents, Heimlich Maneuver Day, and National Go Barefoot Day, and National Hazelnut Cake Day. I've never had that before. Sounds good. Today is National Bubba Day, National Donut Day, National Leave the Office Early, and National Rocky Road Ice Cream Day. Woo! Boy, that sure sounds tasty. Uh, Let's see. The 3rd, tomorrow... Drawing Day or Pencil Day, National Egg Day, National Prairie Day, I'm from the Prairies in Kansas City, National Trails Day, the 4th, Sunday, uh, let's see, Children's Awareness Memorial Day, Doodah Day, which is a salute to silliness, Hug Your Cat Day, um, let's see, what else? We also have National Cheese Day on Sunday, Frozen Yogurt Day, go to Frozen Yogurt Place of your choice on Sunday. And uh, Orthodox Pentecost and Pentecost are both on Sunday. Monday is, uh, let's see, Apple II Day, Festival of Popular Delusions Day, Hot Air Balloon Day, National Gingerbread Day. That seems misplaced since gingerbread has always been traditionally, uh, in my world, a Christmas cookie. National, uh, let's see, World Environment Day, not just National, but World Environment Day, the 6th. Atheist Pride Day, Bonza Butler Day, we've talked about that before. It's the day of the month where there's no other thing to celebrate, so you just celebrate the day that corresponds with the month. So 6-6, Bonza Butler Day. D-Day Invasion Anniversary is also the 6th. Drive-In Movie Day, 
National Applesauce Cake Day. If you've never had applesauce cake, totally worth celebrating that day. I can see why they have a special day just for that. Yo-Yo Day, Gardening Exercise Day, and Russian Language Day. The 7th, Daniel Boone Day, National Chocolate Ice Cream Day, National Running Day, National Taylor's Day, and VCR Day. And then finally, the 8th, the end of this uh, week, as far as our broadcast week goes, Best Friends Day, International Day of Action for Elephants and Zoos, Jelly-Filled Donut Day, so it's a specific kind of donut day, Name Your Poison Day, uh, let's see here, Upsy Daisy Day, and World Oceans Day is on the 8th, as I mentioned before. So a lot happening in the month of June, and uh, even in this week, and today being June 2nd, our 218th episode of Live Till 5. I'm just glad to be spending this time with you, and um, although I got off to a little bit of a rough start, glad we are back and rolling here. I want to get into one of my favorite segments of the show. It is called The Buck Stops Here. Words of wisdom from the desks and walls of many a successful American, including but not limited to politicians, scholars, theologians, statesmen, barons of industry. Excuse me while I sneeze. For those listening at home, I do have a little bit of a cold. But that's not going to deter me today from reading you this quote from a photojournalist and editor and publisher of the Digital Journalist. I'm so glad we installed the mic mute cough button. It allows me to sneeze off air. The little plaque on his desk to cut to the chase says, I'm only interested... In long-term performance, photojournalist, editor, the publisher of the digital journalist, Dirk Halstead, became Life Magazine's youngest combat photographer covering the Guatemalan Civil War. After attending Haverford College, he went on to work for UPI for more than 15 years. During the Vietnam War, he was UPI's picture bureau chief in Saigon. 1972 accepted a contract with Time covering the White House for the next 29 years. Halstead was one of six photographers who accompanied Richard Nixon to China in 1972. His photographs have appeared in 47 time covers more than any other photographer. And the plaque on his desk said, I'm only interested in long-term performance. Dirk Halstead, photojournalist. And that is The Buck Stops Here. Have you ever had a cold and try to do a talk radio show? It's it's tricky. Matter of fact, I my cold didn't seem to be that bad until I started to get on the air today. I I felt pretty fine today. I hadn't sneezed or anything until I was on the air. And now I'm, I feel like I have hay fever or something. Maybe it's being here in the radio station brings back good memories or other memories. I want to talk about a few idioms today from the Dictionary of Idioms by Marvin Turban. It's a scholastic book given to me by PC, faithful listener and super contributor to the program. Idioms are figures of speech that sometimes the meaning is self-explanatory and sometimes the origin of the phrase helps explain what it means. People that are English as a second language oftentimes hear these phrases, but they might not know what they mean 
I am here to help you with that. So let's talk about it. First, salt of the earth. Salt of the earth is a person or group considered to be the finest, most admirable, and noble. For thousands of years, salt has been one of the most valuable, useful, and desired things. And one time, Roman soldiers were paid part of their salaries in salt. That's where the term salary came from. The expression salt of the earth is even found in the Bible, Jesus' Sermon on the Mount, Matthew 5.13. It is a metaphor that describes the finest people on earth as being significant and extremely important commodity, like the extremely important commodity of salt. So, salt of the earth. Same old song and dance. The idiom comes from the world of show business. If you go to a concert or musical show, you usually want to see and hear something new, something different and fresh. You don't always want to hear the same old song and see the same old dances over and over again. It would be boring. That's where the phrase comes from. Dull nonsense that's been said many times before or a liar excuse has been told before is the same old song and dance. That's just the same old song and dance. Here you go. Save for a rainy day. Since the 16th century, rainy day has meant time of need, misfortune, hardship, or affliction. So if things are sunny for you now, don't waste everything you have. Put something away for a rainy day because circumstances might change. To save for a rainy day means to save for a time of need to put something away for the future. Saved by the bell. Yes, it was probably a 1980s show, but it's also a figure of speech. If a boxer is being badly beaten or has been knocked down and the referee is counting to 10, the sound of the bell means he doesn't have to continue the fight. The round is over and he can rest for a little while. In the middle of the 20th century, this exclamation was transferred to uh, any happy last-minute rescue from a bad situation. To be saved by the bell means to be rescued at the last possible moment from an embarrassing or dangerous situation. To saw logs. To saw logs. Means to snore. To breathe loudly through your nose while you're sleeping soundly. This, it's a sound effect idiom. So in the early 1900s, a writer with good ear for sounds was looking for an imaginative way to describe someone snoring with gusto. The sound of snoring reminded him of wood being sawed. Even today, cartoonists sometimes draw a picture of logs with a saw on them above the heads of sleeping people. So that idiom has become part of a visual and audio cue. Have you ever heard someone say, uh, say uncle or cry uncle? Like that's a schoolyard bully twists someone's arm until they say uncle. Well, the American expression probably started in the early 1900s. By the middle of the last century, it was quite popular. Nobody knows why crying uncle instead of auntie or goldfish or any other word means surrendering. But the word experts think it may have come from either Ireland or ancient Rome. The old Irish word for the act of protecting, uncle, sounds a lot like uncle. So if you cry or say uncle, you're crying out for protection. An old Latin expression, patur me, paturissimi, means uncle, my best of uncles. Maybe a Roman child shouted this when he got into trouble, hoping his uncle would rescue him. But nobody really knows for sure. So that's all just speculation. But to say or cry uncle means to give up, to surrender, to concede defeat. Scarce as a hen's teeth. Now, although I don't think I've ever said this, and I don't know if I've ever heard this in person from any, anyone around me, I do know what this means. It just means very scarce. Like the 19th century American expression, sometimes expressed as scarcer than a hen's tooth, comes right from the chicken coop 
when where hens are found. Hens don't have teeth. They grind up their food in their gizzards or their stomachs. The hen's teeth don't exist. What could be rarer than that? So it means a very, very rare or totally non-existent thing, scarcer than a hen's tooth or scarce as a hen's teeth. Oh, I know some people who might use this phrase often. You know, I, I forget that not everyone grew up in the Midwestern United States of America. Some people grew up in Australia where they say unusual idioms. And my friend CW just texted and says he uses it quite often. So there you go. So although I thought that phrase was scarcer than a hen's tooth, apparently it's not in Australia. The school of hard knocks. Yes, I have a master's degree from here. The expression from the 1800s refers to learning life's tough lessons by making mistakes, doing strenuous work, or suffering hardships. School is a place where you learn English, math, science, etc. There can be another kind of school that is not a building, but where you can learn valuable lessons about life. That is the school of hard knocks. It means a challenging experience that can teach you a lot. That's the school of hard knocks. How about this one? Scrape off of the bottom of the barrel or scrape the bottom of the barrel. Many things are stored in barrels and the dregs sink to the bottom. So if you need something urgently and most of it has already been taken, you have to scrape from the bottom of the barrel to get what you can. The idiom applies to having to take the worst of something because there's nothing good left. So you're just taking the leftovers when you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. <coughs> Scratch the surface. This is something I hear a lot. Well-used saying comes from the 1800s in farming. To prepare the soil for planting, you have to dig deep. In archaeology, to uncover ancient treasures, often you have to dig deep. But in any era, you only scratch the surface. You'd be doing the task superficially. By the 1900s, the saying was transferred to all areas of life. It means to just begin to deal with a problem, to deal with it only in a very small part, or deal with only a very small part of the subject, to scratch the surface. Let's do two more here. Security blanket. Many young children cling to something, a blanket, favorite stuffed toy, for instance, because it makes them feel safe and gives them confidence. Charles M. Schultz, the American cartoonist who drew the popular comic strip Peanuts, created a character named Linus who always drags around his security blanket, a term that Schultz coined. Wow, I didn't know that. It means a person or thing that, that is insecure, in, that an insecure individual holds on to for emotional comfort or psychological reassurance. And finally, this is a very interesting idiom that someone that learned English later in life probably understands very clearly, unlike some idioms. See eye to eye. An expression can be found in the Bible, Isaiah 52.8. Imagine two people side by side watching the same thing since they have the same view in mind. And since they are eye to eye right next to each other, they'll probably agree on what they're both experiencing. In the same way, people on opposite sides of the world can see eye to eye on an issue if they both think the same way about it. It means to agree fully, to have the same opinion. That's what it means to see eye to eye. And those are some idioms from our book on idioms provided by PC, one of our faithful listeners. And some of these idioms are cross-cultural they come from all around the world, all different eras of time, and uh, very interesting indeed. Now, we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to be enjoying just a little bit, just a little bit of some Stranger Than Fiction stories I came across this week. So I want you to stick around. I'm Jared Baldwin, your host. Episode 218, Don't Mind My Cold, Folks. 
I'm fine. This is KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, live till 5. We'll be back after this short break. back with a little more live till five one of our most articulate faithful listeners texted me and said that i sound crook as a dog well thank you very much cw i appreciate that i i assume that's a compliment i sound somewhere between george clooney and uh maybe uh shadow stevens of the 1980s uh american radio pop culture voice maybe a little Walter Cronkite and uh, Dan Rather mixed in there with a touch of Will Rogers and a hint of Ronald Reagan. Thank you very much. Crook as a dog. I appreciate that. That's that's a great compliment, I I hope. I hope that's a great compliment. Now, this is the same person that also says, uh, as scarce as a hen's tooth, so I'm not sure. I might need to go back and do a little research on that one, CW. Thank you very much. So I am joined in studio now by my good buddy, and uh, no stranger to this this show. He's been on here at least two or three times. Two times, Dennis Kirkland from Reveille Bible Church and uh, also from the Guam Air National Guard. And, yes. And uh, Dennis has been a uh, pastor, missionary, professor. And what's your rank in the Air National Guard now? I am a captain. Captain. In the Air National Guard. You were also a Lance Corporal in the Marine Corps? A corporal and then corporal. a sergeant in the oh, Marine Corps. Oh, a sergeant in the Marine Corps. That was See? a number of years ago. A father, a grandfather. I am a grandfather of two. Yeah. We love our grandchildren, and it's very different. A different kind of love for grandkids mm-hmm. compared to your children. Absolutely. And uh, they do get to go home uh, at do. some point. Yeah. Yes, we enjoy keeping them, and then um, they are exhausting at times, mm-hmm. but uh, we love them. And then when they go to their house, it's, um, it's a blessing when they come and a blessing when they go to their house. There you go. That's great. Well... Uh, Dennis, I'm glad to have you up here. We have something in common. We're both uh, uh, involved with the Ravi Zacharias, um, his his coming to Guam this weekend and speaking multiple venues. My only involvement really is we just offered to host the Sunday venue and uh, just try to make ourselves available. I had someone today say, so how, how did you swing that, Pastor Jared? Uh, that's a big deal. I mean, he's booked five years out. I said, honestly... My friend that's a chaplain just said, hey, he's coming, and, and would you guys be willing to host? And I said, we'd be glad to host. We have a big enough facility. We'd love to have anyone be able to come that could come. So really, I can't take any credit at all uh, for bringing Ravi Zacharias to Guam, let alone do anything other than opening the doors and setting up the chairs. But we are very glad that he's coming. We are glad that he's going to be speaking at Harvest on Sunday night. And the reason for that is uh, when he came for the first time to Guam a few years ago, 
He only had two speaking engagements. One was at the Navy base, and one was at Anderson Air Force Base. And those engagements were just, the emails were uh, flooded with requests. Can you get us a pass to get on base to hear Ravi Zacharias? And at that point, we had to leave it up to each individual to get their own way aboard the Naval Station or onto the Air Force Base. And a good number did, of course, but this time around, uh, when he, by the way, it's his schedule that allows him to come to Guam. It's a, it's a little bit lo- of a long story, but he comes on his own time and his own dime. And uh, when he said he would like to come back, I asked if he would stay another day because I know of your interest and uh, your church is such a, a great facility and located so well centrally on the island that if he could stay another day and speak at Harvest, that would allow all those folks who may have been turned away because of of no access last time uh, to hear Ravi speak and be encouraged by his ministry of apologetics and defending the faith. So I know he's appreciative of that opportunity, and I hope the, the folks on Guam that can come and hear him will you know, postpone or change their schedules if they have other Sunday night engagements uh, to come to Harvest and hear Dr. Ravi Zacharias. It is indeed yes. a privilege. Yeah, it's it's a blessing. It, you got to kind of pinch yourself because uh, anyone that's been a, a, a listener of his and uh, primarily like through radio or podcasts or read his books, uh, you know, you can really grow in an admiration for his, his uh, meekness in the way he addresses people but his knowledge and his handling of God's Word and his handling and use of logic and philosophy yes. and literature, uh, it's very, he's very unique, and um, he's a real blessing, and we're, we're very grateful to be able to have him coming here, and we're hoping that people in the community are able to come. We wanted to host uh, in the evening so it wouldn't compete with anyone else's church services. We're not trying to recruit people to come to Harvest Baptist Church through this, uh, unless it's people that just don't have a church home at all. But we're not trying to draw people from other churches. We want entire churches to come. Um, and we're going to be set up for hopefully up to a 1,000 people will come. That would be a, a great success, I think, for that evening. And uh, you can come. You don't have to get any tickets. You don't have to call ahead. We will start as close to 6 o'clock as possible. And so if you come, we'd like you to come uh, before then and come in and fill in all the seats towards the front and working our way to the back. This might be the one time we're able to fill our church up from the front to the back instead of the other way around. That would be a great event, I'm yeah. sure. And I do hope that folks who may not attend church anywhere and may just be curious about what Christians believe might be sparked to come and hear uh, Dr. Zacharias. He speaks with that angle, not only defending the faith uh, in the in the arenas of people that are attacking uh, historic biblical Christianity, or and I should say, he is also someone who passionately preaches the gospel, the gospel of Christ, and that's been his ministry down through the years. He's one of those guys that is uh, particularly well-balanced with, with not just unloading truth on someone, but also explaining how truth is reasonable and rational. And he is a, a well-balanced apologist in that way, and I, I hope someone who, uh, you don't have to be a part of Harvest or any church to come, but uh, look on the map and, and find out where the church is and 
everyone on the island is invited. I hope that the doors just will have to have standing room only. Wouldn't yes, that, that would be awesome. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to be over at the Family Life Center, or a.k.a. the gym, here at Harvest Campus. And so uh, it starts at 6 p.m. promptly this Sunday night. And so we'd like to have you come now. Dennis, you have some of his biographical information there in front of you. Why don't you just give us, for those who might not be familiar with who Ravi Zacharias is, or they've heard us talking about him, but they've never actually listened to him, uh, if you give us a little background on who he is, what, what makes him so special? I'd be glad to. Ravi Zacharias is the founder and president of a ministry called, by his name, Ravi Zacharias International Ministries, R-Z-I-M. And he has been in ministry speaking around the world for over 45 years. He is um, a highly trained academic. Uh, He has spoken at Harvard and Dartmouth and Johns Hopkins and Cambridge. And he is one of those men that God has put into direct contact with some key leaders in the world, not just our nation, but in the world. But in our nation, he's spoken with leaders, senators, congressmen, governors, and they consult him on an ongoing basis. He's even spoken at the White House several times at the National Days of Prayer and uh, the Pentagon and at uh, the agency, the Central Intelligence Agency in Washington, D.C. Just to, I guess, be a spokesman for faith and values uh, on the, the lowest rung, but a spokesman for Christianity on the highest rung. Uh, he's from India. He came to America from India via Canada as a student. He immigrated to Canada. Now his headquarters is down in Atlanta, Georgia. He is, as you said, a highly educated man with a lot of earned degrees, but you may not know, Jared, but he has nine, he's been conferred with nine honorary doctor's degrees, doctorates, including a doctor of laws and a doctor of sacred theology. And uh, he's a very prolific author. In fact, my first introduction to his ministry was through some of his books. He's written over 25 books. The one that's uh, I, it's been a special ministry to me is called Can Man Live Without God? Mm-hmm. Where he asks and answers that question uh, from a philosophical point of view, but obviously with a biblical truth. Uh, his latest book is called Jesus Among the Secular Gods. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dr. Zacharias is very well versed in what is called comparative religions in that he compares Christianity with other religions and growing up in India, of course, and not becoming a follower of Christ until his late teen years. uh, He's very well educated in in Hinduism in particular. But in any case, um, he has written a book called Jesus Among the Gods, which took a religious approach. Uh, This latest book that was just released this year is called Jesus Among the Secular Gods, and that's an interesting one. There are copies of that available at Faith Bookstore. Yes, Anyone that's would right. Anyone like to go by there and yeah, ten to seven book. on Saturday, you can go by Faith Bookstore, and uh, they have a whole display. Uh, I was there one hour after you were, and um, but there was a whole display of different Ravi Zacharias yes. materials. But that Jesus Among Secular Gods, I bought a copy of that not too long ago. And I just haven't read it yet. Yes. I meant to read it on a trip, and I didn't get around to it, so I've been carrying it around. So it's, a, it's a great book that um, addresses the claims of Christ in relation to the non-religious points of view. Mm. There's a, um, of course, comparative religion would be talking to people who see faith and see some sort of supernatural. Well, Jesus among the secular gods, it's almost a oxymoron to say secular gods because uh, people who are, are might be materialists for example uh, they wouldn't call themselves um, 
worshipers of materialism, but it's sort of an approach that um, that it talks about how the claims of Christ intersect and contradict at times with what are the the sometimes stated but often just understood principles of of secularism. Mm. And uh, I, I that that book is a a great book for worldviews. It would be one that would be good for some Christian person who's going off to a secular university where you're about to be assaulted. Everything you believe is going to be challenged, and uh, that is a tough environment for believers. And this would be an equipping kind of book for that. And yeah. it's just released, so the yeah. information is current, and and I would recommend it. I I would imagine he's probably going to touch on some of these themes. Um, you know, there are a thousand different directions he could go with what he's going to speak on. However, at the end of our Sunday evening session, at least, we're going to try to uh, maybe have a few questions from the floor that people could write down. We could filter through and find a few articulate questions, give those to him, and he can answer those just from the, from his experience yes. and from his own um, personal uh, uh, ministry. And a lot of the questions, I think, that would come out of this contemporary time would be, questions about secularism and humanism yes. and a- the new atheism and things like that so i imagine on sunday night he's going to talk about some of that he will and uh, if anyone's interested on youtube you can see a lot of ravi zacharias question and answer times and he is as in person as warm and engaging face to face as he seems to be in all of those q a sessions and i uh, i'm just i'm here to encourage anyone that that is interested to come and hear him and if you're only slightly interested in this Christianity uh, and what it means to be a follower of Christ, then uh, he's he's someone to, to come in here. I recommend it. Now, for our military folks, we, we do, or people that can have base access, uh, tell us about when is he speaking on the two military bases. He's speaking on the naval base at the Naval Base Guam Chapel at um, 7.30. I almost said 19.30, but it's 7.30 p.m., <laughs> On Saturday night, and bless their hearts, they get in at zero dark 30 on Saturday morning, tomorrow morning, and then uh, on Saturday night, uh, he's going to be speaking there, and if anyone who has base access is welcome to come, and I'm not sure if there will be a Q&A session after that, but he's just here to, to serve the sailors that are stationed down there. And then uh, after Sunday night at Harvest, on Monday night, he'll be at the base theater at Anderson Air Force Base. And the theater is a, a larger venue. We hope to have, you know, if, if it's full, we will rejoice. But whoever comes, that's where we're going to meet. The base theater would be sort of a neutral, uh, uh, even playing field, I guess. It's not in one of the chapels there. But uh, that's the base theater, and that's at 6.30. So it's uh, 7.30 on Saturday night on the Navy base, 6 o'clock on Sunday night at Harvest, and then 6.30 at the Air Force Base Meehan Theater, uh, that's on Monday night. And then, again, they, he's such a, a traveler and such a passionate person. They, they leave to go back toward Asia, again, at zero dark 30. After that meeting on Monday night, they're leaving early, early in the morning wow. on Tuesday. So, um, you know, we pray for his strength and the Lord to use him while he's here. Absolutely. And those those base, the chapel and the theater on base, are not closed to the public. It's only as closed as the base is. So if you can get on the base, you can go to that. But you can't just show up at the front gate and say, hey, I'm here to see Ravi. 
they'll turn you around that if is you don't correct. have a sponsor and go through the proper the same way you would get on base for any other occasion the 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 very nice men and women that guard the front gate of both big navy and anderson air force base um, they're not there necessarily to escort you to the Ravi Zacharias uh, event. They would probably be glad to hear that you're there to hear him, but would also say, I'm sorry, sir or ma'am, right. uh, that's not authorized for tonight. Exactly, so, right. And that is the reason why I am so appreciative of, of Pastor Heron and you, Jared, and Harvest for just allowing uh, allowing Guam to be influenced by uh, this great man of God, a scholar, a theologian, and someone who has— has been in tough places. His his coming to Guam is related to his desire to minister to the military community. And many years ago, when he was an undergraduate, I think, an undergraduate student, he traveled in Cambodia and Vietnam during what we call the Vietnam conflict and was in some really dangerous spots. But the reason he was there uh, was not adventure and not journalism. He was there as part of a Christian ministry uh, to serve the troops. And uh, that is why he's come to Guam at, before, and that is why he's here again. And I hope that as, as um, like you say, he's scheduled sometimes five years out, he works Guam in sometimes when he's on the way back and forth between Asia and the U.S. And I really appreciate that about his, his attitude toward ministry to the military community and to the larger community of Guam. And again, this is not a uh, Department of Defense or a government funds thing. There is absolutely zero uh, U.S. dollars from appropriated funds or government funds spent. This is Ravi Zacharias seeking to minister to soldiers, sailors, airmen, and Marines, and of course everyone else on Guam. And uh, he's a great representative for the Lord in that way. Oh, we're very grateful and uh, look forward to seeing him this weekend and praying that uh, God will give him the right just the right message for those that are going to be listening and that God will give the opportunity for people to come. I know many have been invited. Some of our local leaders have been invited, uh, different people like that. And so, uh, Lord willing, we'll have a full house here on Sunday night and we'll do standing room only, pack them in and uh, as many as we can allow to be in there. We want to have it. We're, we're intending to have an overflow room even that will have uh, the... Uh, a place where it, his his lecture or his his presentation will be projected and the audio will be really clear and nice and be very comfortable and cool. But if someone has maybe a small child that is fidgety or whatever, they could be in there. So we're going to have an overflow room for folks that that might have small children uh, because we're not offering a full blown nursery program that night or children's. There's just really no way to to offer childcare for a thousand people not knowing you know and uh, the truth is most of those people that uh, would normally do children's ministry really want to hear Robbie as well yes and so we don't want to rob them of that opportunity so that's a very gracious and kind thing for your church to do we're we're just trying to accommodate everyone we can and still allow the people that would normally be serving to be able to participate as well so you you know parents you kind of know what your kids can handle and you have to work out your child care options and things like that but just you know we will have an overflow room it'll seat well over 100 people and if you have small children that are maybe a little fidgety you can bring them in there and uh and watch the program just you know a few feet away from the the gym proper and, and you'll be able to enjoy it 
in real time. So, Dennis, we have about five minutes before the top of the hour, and then then we'll take a short break for SRN News. But maybe let's talk about apologetics uh, just a little bit because this is one of Ravi's uh, strengths is apologetics. Maybe for our listening audience, could you give us kind of a layman's definition of what are apologetics or what is apologetics and why is it so important in today's world? Apologetics does not mean apologizing like, I'm sorry for this, I'm sorry for that. It comes from a a word in the New Testament in the book of 1 Peter that talks about giving an answer to those that ask about the hope that lies within a believer. And apologetics really means to give a defense. And when you give a when you start talking about religious things, of course, those are matters close to the heart and deep in our souls, and so they're very deep and emotional. Um, it's a deep and emotional thinking. When it comes to giving a defense for Christianity, it seems like there are really two spectrums. On the one side, you have people who say. Uh, There's no need for a defense. Just preach the word and tell them God loves you, Jesus died for you, and the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ, which is true. I believe that. That that approach is is what some would call a, a presuppositional approach. Just tell them the truth and let the truth permeate their thinking and sort of melt down into their souls, and then uh, the Holy Spirit can make it come alive and bear fruit. On the other end of the spectrum, if that if presuppositionalism is on one side. On the other end would be a rational approach, rational in the sense of of this makes good sense, good logic in our human ability to think. And that would be the approach that takes evidences, that looks for uh, the evidence, reasons to believe the Bible, reasons to believe in, for example, a young earth uh, point of view, a worldwide flood kind of thing. Just look at all the evidence. And those are—I'm trying to paint a picture of two extremes. There's the, the one extreme that just says, give them the Bible, and which is it's all true, of course. The other extreme which says, answer all their questions. And I believe that Dr. Zacharias and some other men in our culture are, are perfectly balanced in the middle of that. He believes that the truth of the gospel revealed in God's Word is the only thing that can— lead a person to saving faith in Christ, but he also believes that there's, there's a reason. You know, thinking and faith is rational, and so he um, has studied and gives those answers. I don't think that um, any—well, I, I, again, it's just opinion, but um, answering a person's objections uh, is not the ultimate end. The ultimate end is for them to see the claims of Christ clearly. And I believe that answering some of those questions can help them see Christ clearly. And that's apologetics. Apologetics is making a defense. Somebody asks a question about, well, why do you believe this? Why do you believe that? You give your apology. You give your defense. I believe that because it's the Bible. I believe that because there's evidence for it. And that evidence, of course, is internal and external. The change in a person's heart, testimony, and life, as well as external, the, the things you look around and see creation, and and uh, I hope that's a good off-the-top-of-my-head oh, discussion. Yeah, I think that people get intimidated oftentimes if they're talking to someone that maybe someone's very knowledgeable about a field of science or philosophy or religion, and it's very easy to get intimidated into not giving a defense because you might feel ill-equipped. Now, that could be two different things. One is maybe you need to become equipped. Yes. 
and you need to study and you need to know because the Bible commands us to be ready to give an answer. We should always be prepared. However, you're not going to be an astrophysicist and a microbiologist and a molecular, you know, whatever. You're not going to be able to be the best of all those things. So you need to also rely on, okay, this is what I know for sure. This is what I know about God's Word. This is what's happened in my life. And then I can study these other things. There are answers for all these things. But you might not be able to get into a face-to-face debate about, you know, some um, evolutionary theory that you're not familiar with. And so, but it should never scare you away from being willing to give an answer. That's right. And I believe the, the, a great example of that is in the book of Acts when uh, the apostle Paul was called upon in really tough circumstances to, to give a, a defense for who he was. And the thing he did, Jared, was not argue from the sciences or not argue from logic or not argue from a rationalist approach, but he just said, here's what happened to me. I was a religious zealot on the way to imprison believers in Christ, and the Lord appeared to me on the Damascus Road, and he gave a defense, but his defense was his testimony. Yeah. I agree. We yeah. should never, you know, God doesn't always need lawyers to argue his case, but he does need witnesses all Absolutely. the time. Absolutely. Well, that's, that's a great way to uh, wrap it up. I appreciate you on the spot coming up with a, a, a good definition there. I don't know if I could have explained it as well as you did, but Dennis, I appreciate you and I appreciate your ministry and thank you for connecting us to the opportunity really to host Ravi Zacharias here. I'd encourage our listeners to look him up online if you're a podcast type person. RZIM.org is his website. You can download everything he's ever preached, I believe, has been recorded and uh, archived there on his website. He has other people in his ministry as well that that record um, different podcasts and really, really good stuff. We'll say more about that in the second hour. Go by Faith Bookstore this weekend. They're open until 7 o'clock tonight, 10 to 7 on Saturday. They have a whole stack of Ravi Zacharias books. If you're going to go to one of his uh, presentations, you might be able to get a signature in one of those books. So I'd encourage you to go by there. Dennis, maybe you can stick around for the second hour and get a free drink out of this deal. That sounds like a good deal. Awesome. All right, listeners, you stick around as well. We're going to take a short break. This is Live Till 5 on 88.1 FM, KHMG, Barragata, Guam, Harvest Family Radio. Stick around for SRN News. With the second hour of Live Till 5, it's Friday, June 2nd, 4.04 p.m., episode 218 of Live Till 5. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Enjoyed in the first hour, talk a little bit about apologetics and the Ravi Zacharias event happening here on Guam. Three different locations, at Big Navy, at Harvest, 
and at Anderson Air Force Base. The one here at Harvest Baptist Church is at the Harvest Family Life Center, the gym, 6 p.m. 6 p.m. Sunday night. Come a little early so you can find a good parking spot. You can get a good seat. And this is going to be one of those unusual times where it will not be hard to fill the front seats in a church service. And it's really not... It's a church service. It is our Sunday evening service over in the gym. But it's more than that. It's, it's a little different because this is a community-wide event. We're inviting anyone from any of their churches. You can invite guests. And we would love to fill the Family Life Center up. And um, we would want to give Ravi Zacharias the largest possible audience so that we can enjoy uh, the teaching that he's going to bring. So we're, we're really excited about that and hope that you're able to attend. We don't want to pull you away from your, your own church services. We're not trying to recruit you away to join our church, anything like that, unless you don't have a church home. But we just want to make it possible. We want to make it available and easily accessible. And we are located right here on the the border of Barragata and Mongmong Totumaiti, here right behind the mobile McDonald's off of Route 8, not too far from the airport, really. So you can get off of Marine Corps Drive and go up Route 8, past First Hawaiian Bank, all the way up until you get to uh, where the mobile McDonald's is. Turn right there at the mobile McDonald's if you're coming from from Marine Corps Drive. Hang it right there, and you'll go down about half a mile. You'll see the Harvest Baptist Church, Harvest Ministry signs on the left. Turn in there. You go up about a block, and you'll see our gym on the left-hand side, and you'll probably see about three or 400 cars all ahead of you. So just follow, follow the stream of vehicles, and you should find us no problem. Now, uh, we have a number of regular segments of our show, including This Day in History and What's in My Coffee and things like that. We're going to get to that in a minute. Another regular segment that we have I call Stranger Than Fiction, and the reason I call it that is because oftentimes truth is stranger than fiction. Weird things happen, and I do have Dennis and Sebastian sitting here, and they can chime in on any of these they like if they have a complimentary story or some some uh, pithy saying to go with this, or they just would like to laugh out loud um, uh, <laughs> holding their sides. But I, anytime someone that's a listener submits content, which is quite regularly, uh, I like to share their story. Someone gave me this. I think it was actually SR gave me this. Human settlement on Mars. Have you heard about this? Mars One aims to establish a permanent human settlement on Mars. Oh, that makes sense. It is Mars One. I mean, it would, it would be Mars kind of funny zero. if it was Mars One wanted to establish a settlement on Venus. It would be like, well, why didn't you call it Venus One? Anyway, Mars One, yes. So, anyway, several unmanned missions will be completed establishing a habitable, habit, habitable, 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 yes, habitable <laughs> settlement before carefully selected and trained crews will depart from Mars. Funding and implementing this plan will not be easy. It will be hard. This is this is from the Mars One website. So there you go. Uh, I don't know who wrote this. It sounds like a teenager wrote it though. They're 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 operating on a skeleton budget right now. They haven't really got it up and running yet. The billions of dollars of grants haven't come in yet. But anyway, the Mars One team, with uh, its advisors and with established aerospace companies, will evaluate and mitigate risks and identify and overcome difficulties step by step. 
Mars One is a global initiative whose goal is to make everyone's mission to Mars, including yours. If we all work together, we can do this. We're going to Mars. Come along. So anyway, I think that that seems like a like the greatest high school science fair project I've ever seen, the way that was written. But Mars One, there is an effort to try and get people on Mars. Very interesting. We'll see it's how that goes. It's amazing how that uh, reflects a recent movie about somebody that was, they were on Mars. Stuck right, and yes. There, and I don't remember the name the of Martian. the Martian. The Martian. They should, you know, test this out by, like, going on the moon first, you know. Wow. Yeah, you would think, you you know, if you want to put a settlement somewhere, Mars is more habitable. 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 <laughs> that is really hard to say on the air. Habitable. I'm just saying habitable than you know, Mars is, is easier to live on than the moon. Well, resources so are easier to get to the moon, though, than Mars. That's true. That's true. You can actually be back by closer. this weekend. Yeah. Whereas Mars, you're not going to be back before your child's 18th birthday. So it's yeah. it's going to be a challenging effort. But we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Here's, here's another interesting, stranger than fiction, hard to believe. Well, let me ask you guys. Have either of you ever had Amish friendship bread? You ever have that before? It's like that it's, sounds vaguely familiar, but I your think wife I would say no. Your wife would probably be like, "Oh yes, we have." Don't you remember? It was so. This this was really big in the nineteen eighties and nineties. Oh, is this where they give you a section? Yes, or a little piece of yes. the uh, starter. Yep. So that you keep that, and so some of the organisms that make your bread rise now have been around for generations. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and it's like a the Amish version has a, a sweet taste. It's like a sweet bread. Almost almost tastes like um, a banana bread, kind of something. Like, it doesn't have bananas in it, but basically it's a starter. So what you do is you make yours. Someone gives you a little starter. It's like a little half cup or a quarter cup of the, the concoction, the dough in a jar. You mix in your ingredients. You let it rise. You divide it into three parts and then... Give that to you give part of those parts to someone else. And so we moved all the way from Texas to Wisconsin with an Amish friendship bread starter with us, and then we made Amish friendship bread. And keeps it keeps perfectly. It's as well it's the organisms in it are like growing and expanding. You don't have to refrigerate it apparently, whatever, and turns into a nice little nice little bread, nice little cake. Well, it's not just the Amish who have a corner on these uh, these breads. This one here was also a listener submitted uh, story. San Francisco has always been a town that rewards good eats and innovation, and the story of San Francisco's oldest continually operating business is no different. The Boudin Bakery created the original San Francisco sourdough French bread in 1849 when a French immigrant named Isidore Boudin moved to the city, ready to capitalize on the gold rush boom from the previous year. He set up a shop in North Beach. Okay, I don't really know my way around San Francisco, so... But basically, he brought this mother dough with him, okay? And the mother dough he had brought, the technique he had brought from Europe, really worked well in San Francisco because of the foggy climate gave exceptional bread. Tangy, crunchy crust, chewy center that uh, is very addictive, according to this article here. When extra... What's extra cool about mother dough, especially this mother dough, is it's part of Boudin's original dough... It has been used on every single loaf of bread made by the company in the last 160 years. It's replenished daily with flour and water, ensuring the survival of the strains of yeast Isidore captured in the 1800s. 
It's hardworking mother, though, has seen a lot. She's been through the introduction of Fleischmann's cake yeast in 1868, the switch to delivery trucks instead of horse-drawn wagons in 1900, and the fire and earthquake of 1906, where she was saved in a bucket by Louise, Isidore's wife. So if you get some of this bread, it actually also has some of the original strains of bacteria from the bucket, possibly. And so basically, this I have a picture in front of me of Master Baker Steve uh, Girardot Sr., who uh, purchased Boudin in 1941. And they have, a, they have multiple locations now, but basically they are still making bread from the mother dough that they got all the way back in the mid-1800s, before the Civil War. Wow. Or right after, no, before the Civil War, yeah, 15 years before Civil War, right after the gold rush, or right around the gold rush time here. Another stranger-than-fiction story, and then we will get into our little drink escapade that Sebastian's going to walk us through here. This this article, I, I came across this. This is actually an article from a year or two ago, but it just caught my eye because it's kind of a funny title, and that kind of goes along with the whole stranger-than-fiction. Sometimes I just will read something, and it just grabs, kind of catches my fancy, for to uh, coin a phrase there. Uh, the article title is, Keep Your Rich Baby Extra Safe in a Gold-Plated Bulletproof Car Seat. Um, one seat of prosperous parents has taken worrying, uh, worrying to a whole new level. Ask luxury Latvian car maker Darts, who can make a high-end bulletproof car seat that keeps their bundle of joy safe from stray ammunition. According to the company, the car seat offers the most protection a car seat can offer, plus plenty of over-the-top finishing touches. The back of the car seat, for example, is made of Kevlar that's overlayered with carbon fiber with natural gold stitching, the company says uh, in a release. And the seat itself is made out of gold-plated crocodile skin and high-quality leather. And most expensive car seats these days should uh, be compatible with eye devices so your kid can listen to their favorite music while cruising. So now, um, Darts, this company, D-R-T-Z, D-A-R-T-Z, did not disclose how much the car seat cost, of which the couple decided to purchase, or if a couple wanted to purchase it. But suffice it to say, whoever bought the luxurious bulletproof car seat can also likely afford bulletproof windows, bulletproof baseball hat for their chauffeur. So, anyway. Or you could just move to a better neighborhood. Yeah. But I don't know Latvia. Maybe, you know, in Latvia, maybe bulletproof items might be very important. And that deep... Rich voice you hear is, of course, Lawrence Nagengast, <laughs> who just appeared out of nowhere. So I did. Uh, welcome. Not glad, glad you came up here. Just in time for our little, uh, well, you know, it's it's almost everyone's favorite segment. It I is. mean, we, we polled millions of people. and, and the, At least and, millions. And the word is out. They love it that this segment's brought to us by Hebrews Coffee Shop Books, or the best little coffee shop on Guam, offering an endless variety of coffees, teas, baked goods, Music, books, gifts, and we're down to our last Yankee candle. It's kind of sad, but we'll bring them back for seasonal enjoyment. I like it a lot. The Hub, I go there every day, open 7.30 to noon during the summertime. And now, although they did not provide us with these drinks, we do this in homage to them. Uh, Sebastian, walk us through what we're going to do here. All right. These drinks are very good. (laughs) Just subtle, subtle hint there. Huh. Subtle. Yeah. So uh, let's just start this off. I went to another exotic location. It's actually the same one. And I um, got some of these exotic drinks. And now you guys are going to try them out. And 
uh, let us hear what you think. So uh, why don't we start with Lawrence and just go around this way and with Jared. Okay. Um, mine's a bit reddish-orange in color, and uh, when I took a drink, I think it's a kiwi strawberry carrot V8 splash, and that, uh, that's my story, and I'm sticking with it. May I see what it looks like inside the cup there, please? Could be. Could yeah. be. <laughs> It's kind of a kind of a you can't see all the way through to the bottom of the cup. Yeah, That's what makes you think that maybe no. it's got a little carrot in it. Okay. Yeah, maybe. All right. Okay. Well, I don't know what this is because I poured it and I just completely forgot. But I took a picture so I know what we are drinking. Okay. But That's good. I just yeah. But this is very 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 stray uh, strawberry. Sorry, it's very strawberry, and there are little things inside. I don't know, little used to things? things inside my what? drink. Like so. part- particulates? Mine's Suspended smooth. particles? Yeah. Sus- I was like, is that, is was that in there originally? I don't know. But it's like, oh. I think they're like little <laughs> strawberry seeds or something so. like that. Okay. Um, okay. Or whatever's on hope. the outside of strawberries that are seed-like. Yeah. Yes. And they're <laughs> seeds. I think those are seeds. <laughs> I don't know if these are seeds, but what you're talking about are seeds. Is yeah. it red? But it's, it tastes good. It doesn't. Okay. Did I it, think I'm, it's actually aloe, but. Oh. oh it could be. Could but be. I've never tasted aloe before. Yeah, I know. So yeah. let's go with a strawberry aloe um, <laughs> mix. Okay. All right. That's if that's your story. That's you stick my, to it. That's what I got. All yeah. right, Dennis. Well, mine is clear, and it's uh, it's got a number four on the cup, but it's clear, but it does have some of those. What did you call them? Particulates. Yeah, suspended, suspended particulates. <laughs> and when I first tasted it, it it tasted like the I had the the flavor of grapes, like oh. a white grape. Uh, with maybe a little pear uh, mm. in there. Uh, and then the particulates, the suspended <laughs> ingredients, looked like a crushed grape. So that, that uh, reinforced that thought. So I'm going to go with a, a, a grape pear, like white pear, sweet huh. yeah. white pear, and sweet white grape. Uh, that's, that's my – Okay. Uh, I'll All stick right. with it. Sweet white yeah. grape and pear. I did see Sebastian had the – his socks off and his uh, trousers rolled up, Wait, and he was smashing some fruit back there. <laughs> oh, so yeah, <laughs> he might he might have stomped that out for you. Stomp All right, now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna take a little sip of mine here. Mine has a um, pink color, and it's mostly clear. Let me let me take a sip here for listeners' enjoyment. <laughs> Nobody has to like that. Thirsty people do. I guess you just drove them to the <laughs> yeah, nearest. Hold on, Circle K. Okay, um, I have an idea. It's it tastes a little watery. Ooh. It's thin. It's it's a it's a little bit of a sounded like water. Uh, yeah, it, yeah. It <laughs> sounded pretty liquid. Definitely, definitely not a solid. <laughs> um, it doesn't have any uh, suspended particulates in it. If that's even a real phrase, I kind of made that up. But it has a light berry taste. It tastes like a watered down berry tea type drink. So mm. it might be like a. You know, like an Arizona tea that has uh, some type of uh, berry mix. Ginseng? No, it doesn't have the ginseng. And I, and my I'm not remembering things that I was forgetting before, which ginseng helps you with, I guess. I guess. So, um, I think I think it's like a, a see it a, some kind of berry tea or something mm. like that. Uh, maybe an Arizona iced well, tea with a little the, berry in it. Is it is it berry or grape? It it could be grape. I mean, now you we say had that. a berry. 
a little bit of an indicator. It does taste. <laughs> it could be the grape Arizona tea. It does taste a little grapey now that you say that. It tastes like um, one of those melted grape sickles. Yeah. I could have been diabolical and uh, mixed all the drinks. Mm. Oh, wow. That would be the worst. <laughs> that would be disgusting. Okay, well, tell us, uh, please. I'm number one. Well, number one, you were close. It was the V8 Splash Berry Blend. There you go. And that has carrot in it. I promise. I'd... V8 has oh. uh, carrot. It's one of, always one of the eight things. Yes. Yeah. Ah, yes, of Pretty course. Sure. I didn't know that. Number two, which is me. Oh, look at that. The olive strawberry. Yep. Drink. We're right about the yeah, strawberry. Aloe vera. Seeds. Yep. Ah, yes. If Number you have three. a sunburn, you can pour it right on it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Super I soothing. I don't really get sunburn uh, much. Okay. <laughs> um, He's number three. I'm number three. three is... Life water, strawberry kiwi. Okay. So I got the yeah. water part. <laughs> I was way <laughs> off on part, the flavors. Yeah. yeah. And right. number four, last but not least, you got the original aloe vera drink. The original aloe vera. The original. Wow. It's the original. Those are good if you have uh, <laughs> like acidic stomach. My mm-hmm. wife used to take that when she was having her gallbladder trouble. She would, she would drink one of those like every day. When you use like an aloe vera plant and you accidentally taste it then yeah this does not taste they've come a long no, way no, come a long way from the backyard come a long way baby yeah exactly sugar what well you know what we're going to do we're going to take a short break while we enjoy the rest of our drinks and then we're going to come back for a little this day in history so listeners we encourage you to stick around if you ever miss part of the show you can always tune in saturdays noon to two sunday nights seven to nine p.m on 88.1 fm or you can stream through our website, khmg.org. You can download the podcasts through khmg.org. Let us know you're listening. Go to Harvest Family Radio. Follow us. Like us. Send us love notes. Send us all your positive comments, the feedback. We just we appreciate it. We like to know people are out there. And uh, if you're one of our personal friends, you can text and say, Hey, I'm listening and I love the show. I appreciate that as well. Let's take a short break. When we come back, more of episode 218 on this Friday. June 2nd, 423 p.m. here at the KHMG Studios. This is Live Till 5. We'll be right back. with a little more live till five on this episode 218 friday june 2nd 4 26 p.m here at the khmg studios worldwide headquarters of harvest family radio perched high atop the campus of harvest ministries everything summer is in full swing here at Harvest Christian Academy. We have our cool school going on. We have some master's classes going on. We have our summer classes, programs. We had our Financial Peace University started up last night. And then this weekend, we get to host Ravi Zacharias at 6 p.m. at the Family Life Center. We encourage everyone in the community to come. Come a little early so you can get a good seat. We're going to fill up the front and try and pack it in because we really don't know what to anticipate. We could have 500. We could have 1,000. We're just not sure. So we're going to be prepared but we want to encourage you to uh, be here early and uh, invite a friend. It will be a blessing 
I am sure. Now, speaking of a positive person, one of the most positive people in the room right now, <laughs> Lawrence Nagengast. High praise right there. High praise. Yes. <laughs> he is our This Day in History professor. Uh, in a previous uh, emanation, he was a actual history professor, and now he's a principal. And he basically kissed all his freedom goodbye when he became a principal. But this is just a little <laughs> reminder of how much fun he used to have as, oh, a, so much as a teacher. <laughs> so, hey, what happened on June 2nd in history there, Lawrence? Sure. Um, we'll start in 1862. It's really hard to focus with this song. It has my attention. Yes, sorry. Uh, wrapped. <laughs> uh, Robert E. Lee takes command of the Confederate armies of North Virginia uh, during the U.S. Civil War. Um Interestingly enough, a couple things about the South is um, very few generals. In fact, he was really the only main one. Uh, but in the North, there was about seven, uh, seven different generals that had command of the army. And uh, finally, Lincoln settled on Grant, and Grant's going to be the one to um, pretty much bring it down to victory. And uh, one of the main reasons is is the telegraph, the number of men in the trains, uh, really not in that order, but those three things, I would say, probably number of men was the most important reason uh, for why the North won, is they just had pure pure outnumbered the South. Um, but then the telegraph system and uh, the train system were also a huge deal. But anyways, on this day, Robert E. Lee took over the Confederate Army. Uh, really, if his mind was in the North, it would even have been a contest, um, but it was his... Um, a lot of his skills and his leadership abilities alone that kept the South in it as long as it did. Four-year war is a long time, uh, if you think about it. Uh, 1863, right around the same time, Harriet Tubman leads the Union guerrillas into Maryland, freeing slaves. Uh, she was one of the one of the underground railway uh, or railroad individuals who did a lot of um, bringing slaves up into the North into freedom. Uh, herself, 1875, Alexander Graham Bell makes first sound transmission. Uh, pretty big deal there. Uh, 1886, Grover Cleveland is first to wed during presidency. I don't know if I ever had, had thought about that. And and really, you don't hear a lot from the first lady. Um, however, their power and their uh, sway in the White House is is felt and is for sure there. Uh, I don't know what it'd be like to have a single running president their wife is such a especially today with social media and, and the and tv and everything else their wife is such a um iconic part of their candidacy for president and uh having one without one would be interesting and then having a wedding um that'd be a big deal i mean if a president got married in office that'd be um now I, what i don't know is if it was his first wife or not i don't know if he got divorced and, and married but at least he was the first one to get married while in office um, 1896, I don't really know how to say his first name, Guglimo Marconi, applies to patent the radio. Oh, yes. Accepted 2nd of July, 1897. So Chris he Harper, today, who's on vacation, would know about this. Because he probably would. The Marconi Awards are some type of excellence in radio broadcasting awards. Oh. I think I've been nominated a couple of times. I'm yeah. not sure. I was just assuming. <laughs> yeah, I've been I've been nominated for our uh, for uh, special show excerpts or, mm. or um, yep. guest appearances. Yes, yeah, uh, I've been on that short list. Yep. Yep. 1917 Canadian ace Billy Bishop 
undertakes a solo mission behind enemy lines, shooting down three aircrafts as they were about to take off and several more on the ground, for which he was awarded the Victoria Cross. Um, very, very big award there for uh, the military in Canada. Uh, FDR authorizes first swimming pool built inside the White House. Um, I knew I wanted to be president, and that's why uh, the wow. swimming would make it worth it all. Oh, boy. That is a lot of I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't that either. That is cool. I didn't either. White House is quite the building, though. It's very, very, um, very large. It has a lot of things in it. 1953, have you ever watched, uh, read those articles about what they do the day of the uh, inauguration, how they have to move the old president out and the new president yeah. in like five hours? Yes, yeah. And they have to make it like like home. Yeah. Like it's yeah. not just, it's real hey, awkward. we're moving in, yeah, sorry, right. you know, Trump, we're, we're going to be in the middle of this paint job here. Yep. It's like, it's done. It's, yeah, I've heard of previous, you know, first families taking the China and souvenirs with them and yeah. stuff they're not supposed to take. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's very interesting. It's one of the busiest days for the staff there. It only happens every four years at minimum. Uh, I guess it could happen sooner than that, but eight years max. Uh, 1953, the coronation of Queen Elizabeth II in Westminster Abbey. Uh, So today marks her, I believe, if I'm doing my math, about the 64th, 65th anniversary. 70th? 75th? 1953. 53 to 17th. No, you're right. 64. 64th anniversary today. And um, again, it would be she was about four or five months behind the king of Thailand for a longest reigning king or queen, and uh, she's passed him up since um, his his passing away in October, and now she's made it the sixty four years yep. as queen. And her husband just stepped down. He did he from retired. his responsibilities. He yeah. retired, yes, um, interesting that you have that choice, but yeah, well, he had to do in in those fifty plus years he did. It was like, uh, was it 500 overseas trips? 500. He left the UK 500 times. Yeah, I, I read his stats on the air, I think, last week or the week before. Crazy amount of travel. So if you think about it, if, if he did it for, let's just round it to 60, that's roughly 10 trips a year. Yeah, one a month overseas, just yeah, overseas. Overseas. But does that count to France? That's over. Uh, yeah, that's true. A, I that's guess overseas is a, Yeah, yeah, it could be. Could be. Yeah, for America, that's a big deal. I mean, yeah. overseas means not Canada, not Mexico, but Europe or Asia. Yeah, that's intense. I don't know if you count the uh, English Channel. Yeah, yeah that's could, still that's still leaving home that many times, pretty much once a month. Um, whoa, not my cup of tea. No, we travel a lot out here, being in this part of the world, but it's not that consistent, right? Uh, that we're gone all the time. 2004, Ken Jennings begins his 74-game winning streak on the syndicated game show Jeopardy, of course. And um, That guy was brilliant. He was. He made like 74. a million bucks too, right? Oh, more. Yeah, because you make you make a lot just in one show. I mean, you can make upwards almost to 100K in one show. So he made – I'm going to look that up right now. I, I believe he is like a – you know, not only was he uh, a gen- I mean, like Mensa-level genius, but – I think he also had been successful on another game show or two as well. If if I remember right, Are he you was smarter a, than a fifth grader. Is where I got to start. Yeah, so. he's I'm he was kidding. like a per, <laughs> no he no that was after. But oh, he was two point five two point yeah. five million. But he, uh, I believe, as Ken Jennings, he had had some success in, like he liked being on game shows. And there's there's been a couple people since that time who have been successful in multiple game shows. But 
Yeah, cool. two point five million mm-hmm. from Jeopardy from a game show answering questions correctly. Wow, you know, if you would have asked Alex Trebek twenty years earlier, is anyone ever going to make two point five million from a show? He'd be like, well, that's ten times more than what you pay me. You know, crazy. It is. Yeah, it is. I sign his checks, so I would know. <laughs> All righty. Well, that's this day in that's history, it. everyone. June second. It's awesome. Enjoy it. Great way to end on a positive. Thank you for yeah, doing I do my that. Best. I appreciate I do my that. Best. We didn't end on some bubonic plague or I something know. like. I could every week you know, if I wanted. There's so bad. many bad stories out there, but so what are you guys doing this weekend, Lawrence? Um, well, tomorrow I have I'm halfway through a master's class right now, uh, so next week we'll be finishing that up. So there's some assignments I need to work on, um, and then we got Robbie Zacharias. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing him speak. I've heard him speak before, just not in person. And um, I don't know. I actually I don't have a ton of plans. I'm actually, night it's it's nice. It's it's summer. Yeah, yeah. So. Well, hey, that, that's we've we've been burning the candle at both ends long enough. Yeah. Now is the time hopefully to get a little. My family comes up. out in about three weeks, and so um, getting our house ready, you know, finishing is some decorations that have been long long awaited. Yeah, don't start um, for another two and a half weeks. Yeah, I won't because if it weren't for the last minute, nothing would ever get done. Yeah, that's so right. That's right. We're gonna hold true to that. Yeah, and Sebastian, what are you doing this weekend? Well, Ravi Zacharias is definitely up there on you know going to see that, but um, I'm also, I'm actually going to look at my finances as, as well. You know, oh yeah, that's right, Financial Peace, Peace University. University. Yep. So uh, going to look at that and uh, and apply that with the camera equipment I'm trying to get. So excellent, yeah, excellent, and great, <laughs> great. Well, I hope you guys both have a great weekend and. Uh, We'll see you this weekend at the Ravi Zacharias event, 6 p.m. Sunday night. I'll see you guys before then, but for our radio listeners, it ties it all together. All right, great. Thanks, guys. And uh, thank you, listeners, for sticking around for this first hour and a half of Live Till 5. We have about 20, 25 minutes left of the show, so stick around. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, topic of the day, June weddings. Yes, June weddings. So stick around. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin. Episode 218. 4.37 p.m. on Friday, June 2nd, if you're listening to the live broadcast. And uh, we want to have the last 20 minutes with you. So come back after this short break. with a little more live till 5, 4.40 p.m. on Friday afternoon, June 2nd. If you're listening to the rebroadcast, it is probably about, uh, you know, 1.40 p.m. on Saturday, or it could be 8.40 p.m. on Sunday night because we rebroadcast the show in its entirety, all two hours of it, on 88.1 FM, and we stream it through our website, khmg.org. From noon to 2 on Saturday, 7 to 9 p.m. Sunday night, so catch us on the rebound there. You can also download the podcast through our website, khmg.org. A lot of other good programming that you can listen to and download through that website as well. We also love to hear from you on our Facebook page. Like us, follow us, Harvest Family Radio. Stay in touch with us. Our topic of the day, June weddings. How many of you listeners celebrate a June wedding? You have 
Been married in the month of June. June is your anniversary month. It seems like a very popular month. People are coming right out of college. Sometimes want to get married as soon as possible after college. June seems to be a good time for that. The weather is decent during June, usually warm. My faithful research team, comprised by one person, Sarah Rowe, did some research for me on weddings, some different random things. She knows how I think, obviously, because she came up with exactly what I would have looked for. So thank you very much, Sarah. She found the third most expensive wedding dress of all time, as far as we know, is uh, a Vera Wang special made out of 2009 male peacock feathers. The whole dress required the expertise of eight artisans to fully stitch the feathers and make the whole dress worthy of the aisle. There's no denying that this dress made animal rights activists flinch in horror, but Wang surely made a spectacle with it. The peacock wedding dress was a whopping $1.5 million. The Yumi Katsura white gold dress, eight point five million dollars costing 8.5 masterpiece from japanese fashion designer yumi katsura has yet to find his first bride crafted from white gold and the finest silk and satin this very expensive wedding gown also parades as a collection of precious gemstones and displays masterful work of hand-stitched zari embroidery total of 1,000 pearls and a precious and rare five carat white gold diamond embellish this gown but the centerpiece, 8.8 carat green diamond, makes the whole dress a lot more stunning than other wedding dresses in existence. But that's not the most expensive. 8.5 million is expensive. But if you want the most expensive wedding gown of all time, $12 million collaboration between designer Renee Strauss and master jeweler Martin Katz led to the creation of the diamond wedding gown, $12 million. Most expensive wedding dress in the world today. Made in 2006, the beautiful dress fashioned from the finest fabrics feature 150 carats of diamonds. The gown went on display at the Ritz-Carlton Marina del Rey back in 2006. Wow. How about the most expensive wedding in history? Well... That would be Kate and William's wedding in the UK. Cost an estimated of $34 million. You would think that'd be the most expensive. 30 years after Princess Diana and Prince Charles. But that wasn't the most expensive. $34 million is expensive. Diana and Charles, however, take the cake, the wedding cake, so to speak. Get it? $110 million when adjusted for inflation. That is Crazy, And then the second most expensive was actually uh, Venetia Mittal and Amit Bhatia. Um, they came in third place at $66 million, but $110 million for Princess Diana and Prince Charles. Only $34 million for Kate and William's wedding as far as most expensive weddings go. And related to weddings, sticking with the topic here. The latest statistics actually are from the year 2014. So I don't have any statistics newer than that. This is from The Knot, which is a wedding site. They release all these different wedding study statistics. Average wedding cost in America right now, including excluding the honeymoon, $31,213. Guys, you better start saving. Parents, start saving. $31,213. Most expensive place to get married, Manhattan. $76,000 average spend. 
Least expensive place to get married, Utah, $15,000 average spend. Average spent on a wedding dress, 1357 Average marrying age, bride, 29. Groom, 31. Average number of guests, 136. Average number of bridesmaids, 4 to 5. Groomsmen, the same. Most popular month to get engaged, December, 16%. Average length of engagement, 14 months. Most popular month to get married, June, like I said, 15%. Followed by October, 14%. Popular wedding colors, ivory white, 44%, blue, 37 pink, 28 metallic, 26 and purple, 23 Dark blue specifically has continued to grow every year from 10 to 24% over the last couple of years. Percentage of destination weddings now 24%. Guam is a destination wedding location. That's why we have all these little wedding chapels. They have actual wedding, it's like a wedding uh, chapel industry here on Guam. Using smartphones for planning, couples are researching everything from gowns to vendors with mobile apps now. In 2014, the use of smartphones to access wedding planning websites has nearly doubled to 61%. In fact, 71% of couples access thenot.com, where this information came from, from their smartphones. About 6 out of 10 brides are actively planning their weddings through the mobile device. It's pretty amazing. Who would have ever thought that? Here you go. Based on the average cost of wedding in 2014, couples spend the most on weddings in the following areas of the U.S. Again, I said New York, Manhattan was 76000 If you go down to maybe uh, the top two are New York, Long Island is 55000 New Jersey, 53000 New York, Hudson Valley area, 52000 Illinois, Chicago, 50000 Kind of work your way down through. Texas is 31000 and then uh, the overall wedding, the national average spend, 2014, 31000 The venue itself, 14000 Photographer, 2500 Wedding event planner, 1900 Reception band, almost 4000 Reception DJ, 1000 Florist and decor, $2,100. Videographer, 1700 Wedding dress, 1300 Groom's attire and accessories, 250 Wedding cake, 550. Ceremony site, 1900. Ceremony musicians, 600. Invitations, 400. And so on. The average price in America engagement rings, 1200 for a rehearsal dinner, but the engagement ring, $5,800. Wow. Wow. That's pricey. Um, yeah. Some people might be giving advice to their children to just elope, and they'll split the, split the savings. 45 fascinating wedding traditions from around the world. I won't read all 45, but in Armenia, they break bread. They literally break bread. In the Congo, they don't sneeze, but that's what I just did. Uh, let's see here. They have the... Uh, they're not allowed to smile in the Congo. That's basically... What they what they do, Fiji. Uh, let's see here. The future son-in-law has to present the future father-in-law with a whale's tooth. In China, they sit on an elaborate decorated chair. the 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 groom has to travel home in this elaborate decorated chair. Germany, German brides uh, and uh, grooms clean up piles of porcelain dishes that their guests threw on the ground to ward off evil spirits. Scotland, uh, let's see here. 
Yeah, basically, there are people in Scotland elope a lot. And kind of as I go down through this, there's a, there's quite the list here. I'll have to go through and maybe share these later. But all these fascinating wedding traditions, very interesting. Every country has unique, every culture has unique wedding traditions. What are some of yours? I know for us, we had a huge a reception dinner, and we did giant taco salads believe it or not that was our reception dinner meal don't know what uh you did for your wedding reception dinner or for your wedding but uh we're gonna take a short break when we come back we're gonna wrap up this hour of live till five and uh, i'm gonna go take care of my cold right now so i'm jared baldwin your host stick around for more live till five after this back with the last few minutes of live till five glad to have you with us today for this live local talk and variety program two hours in length three to five p.m every friday for the last 218 fridays give or take a friday want to invite you to the ravi zacharias event saturday night harvest ministries at the family life center center the gym as many call it, here on campus at Harvest Christian Academy, Harvest Baptist Church, Harvest Ministries. 6 p.m. Come a little early. Don't come late. You might not have a seat. You might have to stand because it is going to be a full house that evening. And we're very excited about having Robbie Zacharias hosted here. He he is going to be speaking. It's open to the community. Invite your friends. Invite your church. Uh, we don't want to take you away from your own church service. That's not our intention at all. We just want to be a blessing to our community by offering our Family Life Center as a venue for Ravi Zacharias to speak. If you can get on base, he is speaking at the Navy Chapel and at Anderson Air Force Base Theater, and you can attend those if you can get on base. It might be a different message each time. I'm not sure, so it might be worth it. If you can get on base, I would encourage you to uh, try and do what you can. Now, uh, I also want to encourage you to swing by Faith Bookstore. They have a whole collection of Ravi Zacharias books right there when you walk in the door, hang a right, there's a display with a stack of all different Ravi Zacharias books. Every one of them's good, I'm sure. I haven't read every one, but uh, everything I have read from Ravi has been excellent, everything I've heard from him. And Faith Bookstore is open from 10 to 7 on Saturday. You can go by there, get a copy of a book, because if you go to one of Ravi's uh, presentations, and if you wait around, afterwards you might be able to even get a signature in a book. And I uh, can't guarantee that's going to happen. It depends on how many people are there and how things go. But it'd be neat for you to get a book. And you can also use that as a follow-up after his presentation. He can only speak on so many things at one time. But uh, it can help you in your pursuit of being able to defend, give a proper defense for what you believe. Just like Dennis Kirkland said in the first hour, we were talking about apologetics a little bit. You know, you need to know your Bible to be able to defend it. Here's some stats I read in Outreach Magazine last week. The state of the Bible, according to the Pew Research Center, 
interpreting Scripture among Christians, 35%, the Bible is the Word of God and should be taken literally. That's 35% of Christians. 33% say the Bible is the Word of God, but not everything should be taken literally. 18% say the Bible is not the Word of God. These are people who claim to be Christians. 18% say the Bible's not the Word of God, and 33% say some of it should not be taken literally. Frequency of Bible reading among Christians, this is very telling, 45% at least once a month, 12% once a month, 9% several times a year, 33% seldom or never. And that is not amongst the world, that is amongst Christians. Oftentimes we wonder, why can we not defend our faith? Why can we not talk about our faith in Christ with passion and with confidence? It might be because we're starving for nutrition, We don't have the energy to fight the good fight because we don't have the nourishment coming from God's word. We're not feeding on God's word. We're not getting the bread of life and uh, we're not refreshed by it and we don't know it. We don't have it in us and so we can't share it with others. It's a great challenge for us to make sure that we're getting into God's word, that we know God's word, that we know why we believe what we believe. And uh, studying the Bible and reading books on apologetics and listening to good podcasts and going to church and being faithful to sitting under the preaching of someone that's going to open the word and share it with you accurately, getting involved in a small Bible study with someone that is trustworthy. They're opening the Bible. They're not giving you all these hidden meanings that they think and that they're adding to it, but they're giving you, hey, this is what God's word says. This is what it means. Look, you can interpret this for yourself. And then you relying on the Holy Spirit to encourage your heart with that and help strengthen your Christian life so that when you face adversity, when you face opportunity to to share your testimony, you'll be ready to give that answer that the Bible says we ought to be ready to give. And that, my friend, is very, very important as a believer. Without that, you really are not fulfilling your complete duty as a believer, God did not save us just to have us stay here on earth and live the good life. God saved us so that we could bring glory to him here on this earth. And part of bringing glory to him is telling others about him and becoming part of God expanding his kingdom on this earth through sharing the gospel with those that so desperately need it. We need to know the gospel so we can share the gospel. That's my challenge to you. If you don't have a church home, We'd love to see you here at Harvest Baptist Church Sunday morning, 9.30 a.m. is our Adult Bible Fellowships. It's classes. This week we're starting a study on the book of Revelation. Uh, 10.30 a.m. is our morning worship service. We're going to be over at the Family Life Center for the rest of the summer here at Harvest Baptist Church because there's some work going on in the auditorium, but we'd love to have you join us. Make sure you come up and introduce yourself. I'm Pastor Jared Baldwin. I'm the host of Live Till 5, amongst many other things. We'd love to have you here at Harvest Baptist Church. And that is the end of episode 218, live till 5, June 2nd. It's almost 5 p.m. I'm your host, Jared Baldwin, and this is KHMG 88.1 FM, Harvest Family Radio, Barragata Guam. Have a great weekend.